Welcome to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, where we celebrate the achievements of Caribbean people to inspire the next generation. I'm your host, Carlos Phillip, bringing you a new series that gives you a peek into the lives of social content creators. In this series, you will learn how our guests use their passion and expertise to build a community of loyal fans and in some cases, to secure major brand collaborations. Today, I'm speaking with Gabrielle Gay. Gabrielle is a law student, philanthropist, and influencer. The avid reader is also the founder of the Gabrielle Gay Award for Excellence in Reading and Literacy Mentorship Program. In the fall of 2021, she also founded the FemLex Cohort, a 12-week legal mentorship and entrepreneurship program. Her efforts to help revolutionize the world through education has helped Gabrielle gain social influence and a 200,000 weekly social reach. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Always just such a great experience to sit and exchange bits and pieces of wisdom and just have a really good, nice chat with other special young women like yourself. Hello to all the Unstoppable Yes You audience in the Caribbean and across the world. You know, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's a pleasure. So, Gabrielle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so, you know, you kind of, you know, provided a really great summary of everything that I do, but, you know, I'll just get into a little bit detail. So as you said, I am a law student, so I'm a final year law student at the University of the West Indies. I'm also a, an entrepreneur as well, and that field is focused in social media strategy and social media influence. So I've worked with some amazing companies such as Disney, um, the Central Bank of Barbados, huge global hotel chains like Port Ferdinand, um, Barbados, and just incredible, incredible initiatives such as the My Trident is Broken Caricom Reparations Campaign, just to name a few. And along with that, most importantly, Importantly, and most excitingly for me is that I am a philanthropist. Um, I am the founder of the Erlen Bradshaw Foundation, named after my grandmother, co-founded with my mother, Margaret Gay. Hi, mom. <laughs> you know, that is the epicenter of the two programs that you would have spoken about. You know, the Gabriel Gay Award for Excellence in Reading and Literacy Membership Program, and then the FemLex Cohort, which is our newest baby, uh, you know, just exploded across the intellectual landscape. And that is where we connect young women from minority communities, small island developing states, and disadvantaged communities to all the resources necessary to become fantastic legal entrepreneurs and legal leaders. So that's a quick or not so quick. So <laughs> me and what I do and what I'm up to these days. Well, you are super busy, but let's let's start <laughs> from the earlier. So mm -hmm. at just 13 years old, you started the reading and literacy mentorship program. So what was the catalyst for that? What made you start the program? You know, I, at that age, you know, I just recognized for me, it was very simple in that I recognized that my contemporaries at that age and even beyond, because I, I actually could read before I could talk. That's how engrossed and how much I loved reading, right? I just had this voracious passion for reading. 
But then I recognized that my contemporaries and my classmates, they, they didn't really have that same, you know, organic interest for literature and all things, you know, just reading and education. So I recognized, you know, at that young age and just, you know, going through, you know, primary school. And then at that time, I would have been just entered into secondary school. And after just observing the education system, I just recognized that it is not a one fit all. You know, everyone is not going to be intrinsically motivated to read or just to, you know, just have educational pursuits. So for me, quite literally, Curlis, I was sitting on my bed, talking with my mother, and I said, you know, mom, we need to do something different. Like, there has got to be a way to inspire young people to not only want to read but also just to have an organic love for education overall and I'm like you know what what about if we reward them for it you know it was like this oh (laughs) huge eureka moment it was like you know what instead of just you know trying to force feed them with education how about we attach you know a reward system and also, you know, fun story time sessions where stories are dramatized, you know, coupled with, you know, good like moral tenets, you know, different things like that. And really make it a well-rounded 360 degree experience. So, you know, my parents, Margaret and David Gay, they are 100% cheerleaders. They always tell me once it's positive, moral, we're with it. <laughs> They were so supportive and I actually started with my allowance. You know, I saved up my meager allowance very painstakingly. That was so exciting for me. And I started with the first five prizes and then Curlis, it took off. Like every time we would go to a graduation ceremony because that's where the award um, is given or every time we would have a story time session, then persons who attended from various other schools would wonder why don't we have this at our school and then we would implement it there and then it was just this organic explosion across the intellectual landscape of Barbados and now globally. Yeah so fast forward it's been over a decade and Mm -hmm. the program is still around so how many students and schools and countries Mm -hmm. have you reached and what has been the impact so far? Okay, so we have reached over 100,000 students across the globe. We also are in over 118 schools across Barbados, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We have regional and global partners also in Vanuatu in the Pacific, Sierra Leone in Africa. We also have our global part- project partners in India as well and then in manchester in the united kingdom and we're also working now to launch and have a base and partnerships in america as well too it's been so crazy in the best way and what's beautiful about the program is that it's not just a situation where we award you know high achievers as well it's also about mentoring remedial readers we Mm -hmm. also work with you know inner city and rural communities to connect them with learning psychologists and whatnot so that if there are any you know actual challenges with the the child in question they can then you know seek and have access to professional help and then we also as i said have the story times 
and you know it's just a real 360 degree immersive experience and of course the program runs the gamut from our awards are in the primary schools also in the secondary schools and then we're also installed at the university of the west indies cave hill so it goes all the way through <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a momentous effort. So, and, and you talk about all of the other things that you've been doing. So, Gabrielle, I am sure this initiative requires a lot of collaboration. So, tell us, who do you partner with to deliver you know, the program to your students? Okay, so basically what we do, it's, it's very tiered. So, for us, collaboration is key, as you rightfully said. I always love to stress to everyone, yes, the program bears my name. Yes, you know, it's an issue that I started, but I could not have achieved anything, any of this without firstly God. You know, that's my number one partner. Because trust me, this stuff is amazing, but it can be stressful. Can uh, be I am sure. Okay. You know, God is my number one partner. And then, you know, my mom, my dad, even my sister, um, they chip in. It's a family effort. And then on a professional collaborative scale, we work with, once again, our regional partners and global partners who are also, a lot of them are Queen's Young Leaders in various countries around the world, also honored in that Queen's Young Leaders program. And they also bring their resources to the table because of course, operating in having a program implemented in a different country via social media, everything that we do is virtual. So these individuals are quite literally my eyes, my ears, everything in their territories. So partnering with them. And then of course, like the businesses that sponsor, um, we partner with United Nations, we partnered with them. We've partnered with, uh, once again, Central Bank of Barbados. We have partnered with, um, I've worked with UNCTAD, uh, which is United Nations Trade and Development, you know, that conference. Um, you know, there's so many, wow, I'm thinking, um there's and then the schools as well the schools and then the university of the west indies cave hill um is also our partner uh the university of the west indies law society as well has been extremely supportive of all of our ventures so it's so many partners over the years and as i said all the businesses and whatnot even personal sponsors just individuals who believe in the cause over the years has really contributed to this being so successful. And of course, I have to say as a final shout out would be the Queen's Young Leaders Program. I have to say thank you to Queen Elizabeth II because by her honoring the program, um, then that's how I was able to connect with the other um, Queen's Young Leaders and whatnot and Queen's Young Leaders runner-ups in the program to be able to facilitate our global expansion. So that's just a snapshot of how, you know, our, our global reach has been attained and how collaboration looks um, from this end. I'm sure like this took some time to build. So how did you first go about developing these partnerships? Okay, so I'm really happy you asked this. I'm really happy you asked this because this came about before social media, okay? So there was some real sweat equity that was put into this because originally when I started out at 13, I was writing letters. Okay. Back in the day, like 2003, it was just like the turn of like the 21st century. So when I was watching like news and just like, just like really like current affairs programs and broadcasts in Barbados, I would pay attention to the companies that would like run ads with regards to current affairs and like 
education shows and whatnot because obviously in my mind that meant that they were interested you know in education right. and young people so i would write letters and you know send them out or you know deliver them in person my and appearance friends and whatnot i would tell them what i'm doing and they would also support as well and we really have a unique history with the program is that we actually have never um like received any type of like governmental funding or anything like that our program has actually been bolstered i was like 99 percent over the last decade or so by the private sector which is very unique <laughs> you know yeah. very unique and it goes to show like you know when you have a vision and you're really changing lives like once you stick to it and you just keep creating that impact like people will believe in you you know and they will support i 100 percent believe in you and i am glad that you have gotten to the place that you've gotten so far <laughs> let's shift gears we talk about the advent of social media mm -hmm. and i guess at some point you got on email mm -hmm. and now you you are this like rock star social media maven <laughs> so how did you build your community you know around the program and just your personal brand okay so honestly like i don't mean to be cliche but i built it by being myself like how i'm here talking to you curlis if you have to meet me in person it's the same thing like anybody would tell you gabriel is high energy she is all about excellence and doing a great job she's very passionate about everything that she puts her hands to and that's really me you know like that's really me and i think people can feel that even through a screen so how it all got started with the big dog which we saw first the first big dog out of the the kennel for social media which was facebook which we know is called Meta. So Facebook was the first one out of the kennel, out of the gates with social media. And what I started doing is that it just honestly was really organic. I was going to the graduations because our awards are given at the graduation ceremonies. And I was like, you know what? Maybe people might be interested in actually seeing, you know, like who's winning, you know? Like it was just an idea. I said, okay, you know what? Whenever I go to graduation, I'll take a photo and maybe I'll do a little video, you know, you know, just to put on Facebook. <laughs> that was the best thing I ever did. <laughs> mm -hmm. It just started booming. Like people were so interested. They're like, oh, this is who won this year. And then what would happen is that the individual's family would share the photo and whatnot. And then it would just start to travel organically. And then the other side of things is that, you know, people just really liked my personality. Really simple things like, you know, the outfit I was wearing or, you know, how I did my hair. People were just enamored for different reasons. I didn't know the main pull was that here's this young girl taking photos and videos of philanthropy and just helping other young people. And at first, I was a little timid about it because I didn't want it to come over as, Oh, hey, look at me. I'm helping people. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I get it. I get it. 100%. Yeah. I didn't want it to look narcissistic and self-serving. But then I told myself, you know what? It's a graduation ceremony. Like, this is when people take their photos, you know? This exactly. is their proudest of their achievements. So it's not capturing them in a vulnerable moment, you know? It's capturing them at the moment where they are their proudest and where they're shining the most. So then, you know, that is what made it acceptable for me. And then people, I think that's also why people were okay with it because it wasn't exploiting a vulnerable situation, which I do see online and I, I don't agree with that at all. And then as I said, they started to share it 
organically and then people started asking if i was going to you know put up their photo on our page mm -hmm. and then it just really exploded from there yeah graduation is a celebration and the fact that you're celebrating with them makes it more organic and natural and natural and there are a lot of factors that organically works out in my favor for that <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day it's also someone that they can relate to because you you know you're close in age um, so you, you talked about it being one of the longest running programs of its kind in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. What would you say um, is the, the recipe for success? First of all, God, like I have to give God all the glory. I have to give God all the praise. Um, I am Adventist. I'm also Christian. I just believe that, and this is for anyone, even if you're not religious or even if you're not even spiritual, at least I think everybody has a common ground of believing that there's positive and negative energies in the world, you know? Um, and you have to just tap into that. When you really make up in your mind and determine that you are going to be a positive individual and you are going to impact the world positively, that's the first step because your mindset determines everything right so that's the first tier then the second tier is i always tell people don't ever go into something trying to be like someone else so for example with the femlets cohort and the young ladies that we mentor and whatnot i always tell them don't even i i get it that you're gonna say oh we want to be like you no 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 no. you want to be the best version of yourself so the key then is to find out and discover what are you naturally good at like what are you organically drawn to and then how can you use this to make the world a better place so for example for me of course i was always a voracious reader always quite the talker, um, always someone that was passionate and very much a leader and all that from the get-go. So I applied those skills to create the, the programs and the foundation I have now. For someone else, it could be as simple as making people laugh. You're really funny. Like people love your jokes. You're the life of the party. How can you package that talent in a way that can help people? maybe you can start a profile and start doing fun motivational videos and who knows one could go viral and then all it takes is one <laughs> all it takes is one right and boom you have just set yourself on a chartered path to a whole new world where you could actually you know turn this into something where you can you have merchandise you can have a youtube channel you know you can you can be a keynote speaker at different events all from the fact that you decided to use your gift of comedy and uplifting individual spirits for good, right? So that's the second tier. And then the third, you know, icing on the cake is collaboration. You know, we go farther together. So the key then is to figure out, you know, the stakeholders, whether personal, private, public, that can help you and that would be most aligned with your cause. And for me, that has been the recipe for success. I think once people, you know, just do that, be authentic, determined to be a positive person, get the right team and see how your natural gifts can help the world, you will be unstoppable. Pun intended. Pun intended. Hey, hey, hey. That's a snap on that one. No, no, all great advice. I couldn't agree with you more. So beyond being a vehicle to get the word out about your program, um, your social media presence has led to other business opportunities. So tell us about that. 
Yeah. Wow. So because of, you know, my social media presence, then that's how I've been able to work with like United Nations. I've been on panels with the Commonwealth Youth uh, Network. I've worked with, as I said, UNCTAD. Um, so many incredible opportunities have come from that by simply me just, you know, being authentic and putting the work that I was doing out there. And countless, you know, interviews, just like this awesome one right now, <laughs> countless interviews, um, the OECS ambassadorship also came about because I was selected because of the trailblazing work that I've been doing in education and, you know, combining it with my social media presence online. And I think, you know, it's amazing how such, you know, genuine opportunities come from just being authentic. And I've met so many incredible people. Um, even when I worked with Disney, that was so fantastic. You know, just working with them and promoting the Little Mermaid, the Little Mermaid movie, the new one that's coming out. Um, you know, they reached out and they were just like, you know, we just want positive young women. Because, of course, the new Ariel, she's black right? Yes. And they were just like, you know, we want just women of color who are doing incredible things, you know, just talk about how Ariel's fearlessness, like how do you relate to Ariel, you know, in a post and just be your genuine self. And and that's what I related to. I said, you know, she was, she wasn't scared. She, she, all she knew was under the ocean, but she said, you know what, I want to learn more. There's got to be more out there. And she was the one that was brave enough to leave the sea, you know, to see what was what was going on in the world around her. And, you know, that opportunity came because they saw what I was doing and how, you know, how trailblazing and different it was. So that was really a crowning moment for me. And, you know, that came from, as I said, just from being myself and, and then attracting those opportunities because that's what you want. That's why you can't mimic other people because nine years out of 10, you don't want to attract something that will require you to pretend, you know, exactly. Um, you want to attract something that and opportunities and people and, and a tribe to you that you can continue to just flourish and be yourself. And that is the most rewarding thing about it all is the fact that, you know, I've made, you know, essentially a, a really tidy little career off of inspiring people. And just being the best that I can be. And, and then having others be inspired by that. Yeah, and you know, inspiration goes such a long way. You don't know what you could do to someone's day just mm -hmm. by the content that you share. Or, mm -hmm. you know, the story that you share about yourself even. I've seen that you've been featured in multiple 30 under 30 lists. You've been honored in numerous publications. Yes. Um, which feature would you say you're most proud of and why? Hmm. Wow. That mm -hmm. is a good one, Curlis. <laughs> I would say, you know what, what comes to mind instantly for me would be when I was honored in um, the Cave Hill, U University of West Indies Cave Hill Law Faculty's 50th anniversary edition. Uh, they selected over the past 50 years, they selected, I mean, in the entire history of the university, they selected 50 individuals, past and present, who represent, you know, their bastions of law, justice, and just persons who are taking society forward. And when they reached out for the interview, 
that was my first time I've been, you know, featured in so many, so many accounts, so many uh, podcasts, interviews, newspapers, globally, regionally. But that was the first, first time that I was ever featured, like in my legal fraternity, right? Mm-hmm. I recognized by my legal fraternity. So that was super special for me. And then along with that, I also received the President's Award for the most overall outstanding student in the law faculty um, as well, along with that feature. So for me, it was like a double whammy. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, okay, thank you. I was so shocked and I was so humbled. And, you know, people are always surprised when I say that, but it never... It, I never get used to it and I don't want to because I feel like when you get used to something, you start to get complacent and arrogant. <laughs> I don't know ever want to be like that. So I'm always surprised and very humbled. And I was just so, uh, I'm hardly ever very sheepish and, and lost for words, but I was very much speechless and feeling so sheepish and, you know, just, just blown away and bowled over. And then as I said, that was the first time being recognized by the legal fraternity um, across the Caribbean, and also to top it off, being awarded by the faculty as well as most outstanding student. And that, I think, for me, not yeah, that would be the most special one because it was the first time in that arena. Well, we're proud of you for all of those achievements. <laughs> and you know, talking about the legal arena, um, tell us a little bit more about Femlex cohorts and uh, what was the catalyst for you championing this this new initiative. Okay, so the feminist cohort was actually born in the pandemic. Um, You know, the pandemic has been the hardest time period of adjustment and realignment. Even the United Nations estimates that 94% of all students, regardless of first world, you know, developing, undeveloped countries, regardless, 94% of all education systems and students across the world were negatively and seriously impacted by the pandemic and one of the key areas was mental health of course and the digital divide so for me once again very solution oriented thinking during the pandemic with my own struggles as well and then hearing the struggles of you know my fellow students i decided you know what we need more support you know like the systems are overwhelmed you know the the public system can only do so much you know it's up to us as individuals to chip in as well and take a stand to help one another that's just my mentality so the femlex cohort came in a i was praying and fasting actually I was on a praying fast and the idea came to me and you know fem for woman french for woman and lex is latin for law and of course cohort is an esteemed gathering of distinguished individuals so the name just was so elegant and feminine but still strong and distinguished and i said yep that's it (laughs) so the thing about it though is that the feminist cohort is actually the first ever of its kind certified legal entrepreneurship and mentorship program in the caribbean like it created history we actually had a ton of like news features across the region and whatnot but the thing is is i had no blueprint right i had no blueprint to follow because i was the first one doing it which is the same case with the with the reading program but even then even though i had a program beforehand it wasn't about law so for me i said okay i want it to be certified i want it to be a situation where it not only provides the mentorship and the resources, but it 
also allows you know these future lawyers to boost their resumes so then i partnered with the barbados youth business trust reached out to them they have been providing entrepreneurship mentorship and programs certified for over a decade and they're like one of the leading facilities for this in the caribbean region and globally so i reached out to them i said you know i'm a law student i'm looking to create a mentorship program not just for myself but for you know fellow law students as well and then we got to design in the program is the first time once again for them they've had other mentorship programs but never one for law so we had to really sit and design this program from the bottom up um, massive shout outs to mrs cardell ferguson who is the director of barbados youth business trust and i came to her with my quote-unquote crazy idea she saw the vision and we got right to work and then we created the 12-week program and basically the students they they learn um how to create their own law firms how to pitch to investors how to prepare adequately for internships and they also weekly were mentored by the best um in legal legal fields from barbados uganda across the caribbean um, they receive the best in legal mentorship and also they're going to be privy as well to learning about mental health and how to from a certified psychologist as well learning how to cope with the pandemic and along with their stressful studies as well and then we also have a ton of internship opportunities for them as well too so it's like it's all they want it's, it's a triple whammy you get the certification so you boost your resume you get the mentorship from the best in the legal field so you're making all a really amazing and fantastic networking opportunities you're making a great network you're also learning how to guide and you know treat your mental health well with your stressful study and then on top of that you're learning how to essentially crack the code and beat the system where instead of because usually in in the caribbean when you come out as a new lawyer you tend to apprentice a lot but now my goal is to teach the new lawyers the skills necessary to create their own firms and you know jumpstart their income so it's really putting these young women and a lot of them actually from you know disadvantaged communities putting them at the forefront to be their own boss and be the leaders that they need to be Gabrielle, I am glad you took the time to go through the exercise of putting together a program in place that could be really beneficial and valuable. <laughs> it was a journey, Carla. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, wow, it, it was, it had a lot of hurdles along the way. As I said, you know, just do, doing something that no one else has done means that you don't have a blueprint. So you are literally learning as you go but because i had once again going back to that point that we were talking about um collaboration because i had such a fantastic team from the byt you know coupled with my experience in the philanthropy sector and then of course being a law student myself as well too then you know we were able to circumvent any challenges they came but we conquered them <laughs> and the young ladies have nothing but glowing reviews so i'm so happy you are a third year law student at UEK Vail. Uh -huh. um, so tell us, what's next for you? Next for me, I'm thinking of pursuing my master's degree first before I go to the bar. We'll see how things go, but that's my plan right now. I definitely want to focus on law in entrepreneurship and technology 
as well because I'm huge into tech and sustainability STEM, and how we can bridge the gap between justice and you know creating a sustainable future for all. Gabrielle, we appreciate you and thank you so much for sharing your story with the Unstoppable Yes You Tribe. It was great to have you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored when you reached out. You know, I just said, oh, really? Me? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> thankful and appreciative that, you know, you would consider me for your platform. It means a lot to me. And, you know, I just want to encourage you. I want to wish God's blessings on you. I want to send all positive energy your way. What you're doing is incredible. You're doing the same thing. You know, you're, you're using your talents of having a platform and your fantastic interviewing skills to give all of these efforts myself and all these other fantastic people on your platform a voice you know to reach new audiences so I really appreciate it and I'm always open you know whenever you want in another episode I am here girl I'm <laughs> open I I'm just open to supporting you however and whenever I can same here to our unstoppable yes you tried thank you for your continued support I hope you found this episode valuable. I know I did. Um, if you did, please do share it with others you believe could benefit from this insightful interview. Uh, if you're new to Unstoppable Yes You, to receive new episodes as they drop, subscribe via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Red Circle. Also, don't forget to check out UnstoppableYesU.com for weekly inspirational profile stories about Caribbean people who are making their mark in their community and around the world.